0: The Bob Cuban Brass here on 101 ESPN. Uh, It's 3:01. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. You heard our friend, friend of the show, Steve Spagnolo, yesterday in Philadelphia, saying that uh, he thinks that the Patriots may have had the the defensive signals of the Philadelphia Eagles back in Super Bowl 38. Cheating? Did you guys have bags? Did he
1: save that diamond? He did. We didn't ask him we did about ask that him game. About this well, were you right, missing cheating. somebody to ask a question? That would have been me. We I would have asked were. that
0: specifically. I know. What, I, what, know. I can't what, believe Spikes.
2: You know, really, Randy dropped the ball on it because he knows they cheated, and he just wants an extra perspective. I can't believe you didn't ask him, Randy. Me too.
0: I can't believe I didn't either. I mean, But obviously he thinks so. Jim Johnson was one of the great defensive gurus in the history of the league. He actually coached here. For a while. He was the defensive line coach under Gene Stallings in the late 80s, and I got to know Jim. And he was a, as creative a blitzer as there ever was in the league, and you never knew where their blitzes were coming from when he was the defensive coordinator in Philadelphia. So if Spaggs is correct there, and Jim Johnson thought that the Eagles were cheating and they knew what was coming from a blitz standpoint, That is a pretty strong indictment of what they did. And we all know they did it. They admitted that they were taping defensive signals from 2000 on with the Patriots. And before that, when Belichick was with Cleveland, he did that. So we know they did it. This is nothing new. It's just another coach with another voice saying, yeah, we think that they cheated us out of a potential Super Bowl win, too. But. Bernie ran down the litany of things that Philadelphia did wrong in Super Bowl 36 too. They had there were a lot of issues with that game as there was with the Rams lost to the Patriots in Super Bowl 36. Yeah,
1: unfortunately uh, it just ends up sounding kind of like sour grapes. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, they knew what we were doing too. Maybe maybe they did. Uh, they probably did. Uh, but that is a disheartening feeling, I am sure, to run an exotic blitz or, or just show a, a different personnel that you never show and the response is oh we've got that mm-hmm. like crap that, that was not this was supposed to be my edge this was the advantage this is how we were supposed to get you and you're getting us with
2: that that is a bad bad feeling to have and I th- here's the difficult part if you're on the other end of it because like you said everybody's going to look at you as all oh, well you're just making excuses for why you lost you can't just have lost to a better team or that team just happened to be better on that particular night than you were and there was nothing uh, nefarious going on well sometimes that stuff does kind of happen so if you're asked about it, which Spagnolo was, and I know Orlando Pace was asked mm-hmm. the very same question, I believe Marshall Falk has been asked this question before, and probably uh, a lot of the players on that Rams Frank team. Marks, Kurt Warner, yeah, Isaac, pretty, everybody, pretty much everybody. Everybody's been raised. asked. Yeah. And what are you supposed to say? If you do think something's happened, you can acknowledge, hey, This team was better than us that day, but I don't know. Maybe it's possible something happened there, and and here's why. Because all of these strange things happened. They knew what we were doing every single time. In certain reads they were making, there's no possible way they could have known what we were going to do in that situation unless they knew what was happening ahead of time. You couldn't read that stuff. So... I think it's a tough position to be in because it's totally possible that that team cheated in some way they shouldn't
0: have. And by the way, Spags did say, you know what, you've got to play the game, and they won that particular day. So at the end of the day, the Patriots won, and they they can point to the scoreboard, and they can count their trophies. There is no doubt about that. But if you are the St. Louis Rams, uh, the players and coaches, let's put Isaac Bruce in there as an example. If... One play in that 20-17 to 17 game was swayed because New England had access to the Rams' defensive signals, and the Patriots were able to win that game because of that, that probably has, kept Isaac Bruce. Yeah. Yep. probably has kept Isaac Bruce out of the Hall of Fame to this point, probably kept London Fletcher out of the Hall of Fame, probably has kept Torrey Holt out of the Hall of Fame to this point, certainly, without question has uh, kept a guy like Mike Martz from being considered for the Hall of Fame. So in addition to the fact that a lot of players don't have rings and a lot of relationships were strained or spoiled here in St. Louis, that one play per Super Bowl might have changed the course of history. We don't know what play. That's the problem. But we do know this, that... The Rams complained, the Panthers complained, the Eagles complained. Ultimately, Eric Mangini complained in 2007, and they were outed. And at the owners' meetings after that season, owners decided to put a speaker into the helmet of a linebacker so that there are no more hand signals to be stolen. And sometimes you got to change the game. Yeah well yeah exactly
2: and it I think it has worked to you know to an extent well at least it's worked for the most part I think um and I know we talked about this probably two weeks ago is about a week or two and I asked you the question Randy having been here the entire time during the uh the Rams run and their Super Bowl run had the Patriots not won that first one because that first one in New Orleans against the Rams that's the one that started everything if they don't win that game are they what they are now if they don't I think get to kick that last-minute field goal, that, that last-second field goal.
0: Open to a lot of question. And the biggest question that I would have is, with the day that Tom Brady had, throwing for 145 yards, if the Rams win that game, does Belichick go back to Drew Bledsoe, or does he stick with Tom Brady? We have no idea if they wind up being what they have been for the last 17 years, because I think that there's a really good chance that they would have kept Bledsoe and let, let him be their quarterback the following season. If they would have scored 17 points in the Super Bowl and lost, I think it would have been a, a pretty tough choice for the Patriots to make. Pretty big
1: ripple effect yeah. is, is what that had. You know, it's funny. We, we talk about the, this cheating stuff with, with the Patriots, and it kind of reminds me of all the steroid talk because um, a perfect example are Bonds and Clemens. A lot of, I mean, Bonds and Clemens are extremely talented. Mm-hmm. Without the PEDs uh, attached to them, or even without doing the PEDs, uh, they were probably, a lot of people say Bonds, especially Hall of Famer. Like the guy mm-hmm. was a Hall of Famer before he even was allegedly doing those. But you left that up to interpretation by taking them, right? Once once you did that, all of a sudden the court of public opinion matters and, and your stuff uh, appears to be tainted. Bill Belichick is an incredibly smart coach he's ahead of everybody. Knows the rule book inside and out and can manipulate things uh to uh to uh, within the rules, not even the stuff without the outside the rules, but w- inside the rules that a lot of other coaches just don't have the ability to do. And Tom Brady, we know he's extremely talented, he's been doing it at a high level, he's a precision passer, he's a hell of a leader. Uh, when everybody's starting to get in the tight cheeks that's where he feels comfortable, but these things continue to just uh, be out there and leave everything else up to you know, to, to, you know, interpretation. Right. And, and the rea- that was the word I was looking for. Yeah. It was interpretation. <laughs> I knew where you were going. It was going to be
2: impersonation if I said it. That, that, would, have been, that would have been way better, no. probably. And uh, the reality is, they don't need to. I don't think Belichick is what he is, or Tom Brady is what he is, because they cheat. I think. I, I think even good players, and you're right. A, a perfect example is players in baseball who use PEDs, like Bonds. He doesn't have to. He never had to. Maybe to extend his career an extra few years. But he didn't have to do that stuff to be a Hall of Famer. Roger Clemens didn't have to do anything to be a Hall of Famer. They were going to get there regardless. And I think the same thing is true for both of them. That doesn't mean they don't do it. It doesn't mean that uh, Belichick's never done something that he shouldn't have done or that Tom Brady didn't ask his uh, assistant to deflate football so, just a little bit, which also, by the way, I don't really care about. That's not something that I ever stayed awake at night over. But, um That's the shame of it, is that these guys don't have to do this stuff, but you're so desperate to win, and you have that personality that if you don't, like, that's all you think about. All Bill Belichick thinks about is football. Football, 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 pretty much all the time. And he's trying to win. I could totally see him doing something like this.
0: And it's comments like what Steve Spagnuolo made and that all the Rams guys have made and so many other people have made that have a lot of people around the country Believing that a lot of the Patriots' success is tainted, whether it's Spygate or whether it's Deflategate or whether it's Peyton Manning not wanting to talk in the locker room at Gillette Stadium or the the players that have made the case that indeed the Patriots have cheated – there is enough smoke out there for a reasonable, per- reasonable person to believe that there's fire. There is not enough smoke that when Tom Brady
1: comes up on a ballot that he won't be first. Oh, he will. Oh, yeah. absolutely. He's gonna, so, oh, there's uh, no question. It, it is what it is. You haven't taken anything away from him except for a couple of draft picks and some cash.
0: Jerry Jones is in the Hall of Fame, too. It's a useless, useless Hall of Fame now. Is that what it is? Yeah. It's all tainted. Well, but it'll hey, be great when Isaac gets in, though, get, right? Don't get we'll bitter, be. get
2: better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what they say. Can't get better now. It's S- over. Speaking of Belichick, this guy is just incredible. Ask today how this Super Bowl is different from his other seven appearances. His response, this one is in Minnesota. <laughs>
0: it's a good answer. It's a really He's, good answer, yeah. That dude is really special. It is the Fast lane on 101 ESPN. Brandon Moss, the former Redbird, on the move. Is that a sign that Eric Hosmer or Mike Moustak is heading back to KC or might it be a sign that domingo santana is that's next in the fast lane on 101 espn well the kansas city royals have traded brandon moss to oakland that's where he was before he went to cleveland and before he came to st louis but it's also the place where he went after he started his career in boston now he was their dh last year and obviously lorenzo kane has already signed with milwaukee There's a lot of speculation out there that the Royals might be interested in adding a 25-year-old power hitter like Domingo Santana and providing Danny Duffy, who was on the block during the winter meetings, to the Milwaukee Brewers. They're looking for a top-of-the-rotation guy. That would seem to be a deal that would be beneficial for both squads. That's a horrible idea. To make the Brewers better. Yeah, I know. It's a horrible, horrible
1: idea. And if you're the Brewers, it's brilliant because your offense looks really, really good right now. Your outfield is outstanding, but you are missing that guy. Now, Danny Duffy is still a ways away from being a quote-unquote ace. He's Mm -hmm. got ace stuff, uh, but he's not as consistent as you'd like an ace to be. But he is cost-controlled. He's got a contract through the next few years. He's tremendously talented. I, I think that, I told you guys, I played with him uh, in 2010 when I was with the Royals, and he was still a young kid coming up. And mentally, he just didn't have it. Like He didn't like it. He actually stopped, but he quit. A little bit. He just said he was tired of people ragging on him mm-hmm. for being late and stuff like that. He's like, well, oh, forget this. I'm, I'm going to take my ball and go home. He's gotten a little <laughs> bit better uh, from from then, and he, he's uh, from uh, all accounts, he's turned into a pretty good leader over there. And uh, we know the talented army is. And for the Brewers, that's what you're missing. You need a, another talented starter. Yes, you protected yourself on the backside. I, I think uh, Chassin was a good pickup for them. Wouldn't mind if the Cardinals were swimming in the the Yuli Chasen water. Uh, and Giovanni Gallardo couple of guys that are veterans that you know can eat innings and then you have some young talent on the front side but watch out for them if they got a guy like Danny already watch out for him watch out for
2: him last year they're they're a good ball club that uh they're ascending at a pretty high rate and and on the other end Kansas City I'm not sure what they think they're doing it sure seems to me like they're not really expecting to win next season so it makes sense for them to, and I believe we went into break with the question of what happens now with Eric Hosmer and Mike Moustakis, Mm -hmm. Does uh, does this kind of facilitate them going elsewhere more rapidly? Well, obviously that hasn't happened yet, because here we are, and it's almost February. But I don't know that they would want to keep either of those guys, which means they are still on the market, they're likely going somewhere else. The Brewers don't need them, Cardinals could use one of those players. And I haven't decided which one of them I want better. It's probably Mike Moustakis. Mm-hmm. But the overall point here is Milwaukee has gotten better. They've gotten closer to what the Cardinals are. You can make an argument they might have gotten in front of them by a little bit. And if they do end up finding another starter for that rotation, then that argument might be even
0: stronger. Yeah. If, if I'm in the shoes of ownership of the Royals... I wouldn't bother bringing Mustakas or Hosmer back when they were losing, and Mustakas and Hosmer were there. They didn't, they didn't draw flies. Yes. The only yep. time they draw, drew is when they went to the World Series. So, why spend twenty million dollars? So twenty-five when, years of losing does for you. Yeah, but if you aren't going to get people to, people don't show up in Kansas City to watch players play. They no, c- they come to watch winning baseball. I don't think I don't think people do that anywhere. I think you
2: might get. Oh, a, I think McGuire here. Well, I mean, that, that was during be... a historic season. I, yeah. I think if you have something big going on like that, everybody will want to see it. I think when Mike Trout comes through town, people will pay for like that two, three mm-hmm. days to go see Mike Trout play. Maybe, but you're still not going to get a huge bump in attendance. Well, people, I don't think it really happens for baseball like it does for like the uh, NBA unless
0: it's a starting pitcher. But even if it, that's for, different. For, different story for example, too, yeah. if they sign Hosmer or Mustakis, there isn't somebody in St. Louis that's going to say, "Oh, I got to see go see no. Eric Hosmer play." Right. They're, they, it, you might have thought that with bonds, you might think that now with uh, even a guy like Machado or Harper, but you, you don't think that with all due respect to Hosmer or Mustafas. No, if they do end up signing one of those guys, that's exactly why they do
1: it. It's sentimental reasons, but they know the logistics of it. Also, they know what their attendance is like. They know what it was like uh, when times were down with all of those guys still still in the fold. So it's somebody in the organization, it's the Glass family, or it's uh, you know Dayton Moore who has somebody with influence and says, look. We should bring this guy back. Like this, just feels right. We believe him to be the leader of the next group. So uh, Hosmer is a great example. Hosmer's supposed to be an incredible leader. Uh, a lot of the stuff that that uh, Scott Boris is selling with him is not just the numbers, his WAR, his aver- average on-base percentage. It's what he has built over there with guy. the Royals. Yeah, like like the intangibles. Mm-hmm. That's a great thing to sell, and it's a great thing as an organization uh, to have. And every organization doesn't matter if you're a, a team like the Cardinals who plan on winning a championship, whether you believe they're ready or. Not like they believe they're going to, or your team like the Padres, who knows you're still rebuilding, you want those guys around. So maybe that's why you bring them back. But leadership to me is not a $140 million characteristic. Absolutely not. It's going right. to be a little cheaper yeah. than that. And,
0: and Scott Boris has a name for that. It's called prestige value. Oh, he's got. Oh, yeah. Is there a factor for that on fan graphs? Uh No, oh, but look. In in Scott Boris' mind, uh, there is. What they call immeasurable. Yeah. So if I'm in the Cardinals' shoes and I can get one of those guys because they're going to help me win. I'm going for it. But if I'm in the Royals' shoes and I don't have a reasonable expectation of winning in the next few years, I feel like I'm throwing money down the drain if I sign one of those
2: guys. I mean, ultimately, it comes down to winning, especially in baseball. If your team is not winning, people are probably not going to come. They will, you know, I I guess there are some markets where they'll stick around a little bit longer. I think this is one of them. St. Louis is a city that if this team doesn't do well for a few years, people will, They'll slowly but surely stop coming, little by little, but they're still going to be out because baseball is the thing to do in the summer in this city. Kansas City, that's not really the case. And no one's coming out, no one's buying tickets to like, to watch Mike Mustakas play. Mm-hmm. They, they, will, they, will, they love him, but they will not come out to watch him play. They will come out to see a team that is good and has chances at the playoffs. And look, when they were in the playoffs a couple of years ago, when they went to the World Series that place was allowed and it was obviously packed because they were glad to be back there for the first time in several decades but It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, like BT said, to invest a lot of money and a lot of years in either of these two players just to have the veteran presence around.
1: Now, guys, I wasn't here yesterday, so I didn't get a chance uh, to to hear your reaction to the low Kane. I I did not expect to see Lorenzo Kane there, especially after the news of of Yelich, him landing there, and especially at the terms that he landed at, because those were the projections, like the entire time. He's going to get around five years, $80 million, uh, and now that happens? Like, why would that happen now? Why, why does this happen last week of January that Lorenzo Cain finally picks a spot? Because we heard the Brewers, they're not, they weren't a, a uh, oh, there there is a sleeper team here. No, they were rumored uh, around Cain a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Why does this take
2: so long? I don't know, unless I'm misremember- misremembering, is that a word? I think yeah, it is yeah, now. Totally. Um Invented by...
0: Uh, Roger Clemens. Yeah, misremembered. Yeah,
2: so uh, when it came to PEDs, I misremembered. Um, I thought the early, early projections before the season or the offseason started was he might make in the neighborhood of 90 or 100, and he eventually wound up signing for something a a lot more reasonable. At any rate, it's a good question. Why does this happen now? My guess is Milwaukee wants to go all in, but all in to an extent. I think they have a spending threshold they're not willing to go over. Kind of all in. So yeah, kind of, so that's, it, right. It's, <laughs> that's me <it's>, playing poker, <laughs> all in, <laughs>
0: like pushing, like frame, that I've got the nuts. Yeah,
2: <laughs> that, that will be their slogan: "All in?" Question <laughs> mark. Um, I think that's what happened. Is that the price came down for him? The price is obviously coming down for a lot of these players, and I would almost guarantee that just about every team in baseball that is looking to or is in the market for a free agent is waiting as long as possible just to see how just to see how badly um they or how good of a deal they can get on these players. well I, I do understand the fact
1: that everybody
2: is evaluating players the same
1: i understand the dollar amount per war and that's just what we're doing and we're not uh, we're not pouncing we're not going any higher than that but i do also understand supply and demand and there are only so many of these guys out there and you can look at your team and say hey even if i have to overpay for this hosmer makes me better Mustakis makes me better you darvish whoever it is these guys make me so much better. Where is that inner competition? Like, where is it? Like, okay, well, guess what? If you don't give me that next year, I'm gonna sign with the Cubs tomorrow, and we're gonna be done with it. Like, where the hell is that? Or is there mm-hmm. conversation
2: outside of that? Like that—that that is a dangerous it's, time, right? That's now. That's why the collusion conversation is real. That's yeah. why it's real, and that's why people are entertaining the idea because this is insanity. It, again, it's almost February. Yeah, two weeks until spring training starts. Yeah. They've
1: talked—they've you know, talked about making their own camp. It's like uh, you're gonna have uh, free agents out there doing their thing. Like it's a strike year. It's terrible.
0: Yeah, it's it. It sure feels like collusion to me.
2: I well, what is called a, groupthink. Yeah, it's groupthink. It maybe that's it. Where they haven't actually talked to one another, but they can all see what the other teams are doing, and they figure, well, I think we're going to be safe if we just keep doing this and then it just it snowballs gets out of control and here we are. Well I don't know if there have been actual conversations amongst owners uh, saying this is what we are going to do and and are you on board I don't think it's happened like that but I think there's a,
0: there's an awareness that has just kind of occurred with everybody. You would think that there would be one organization out there that would say man this is an opportunity I might be able to get some bargains here and I can win and that's what I you wonder about with ownership does anybody want to win more than the other guys? I, I think there's a there's, they're few and far between. Yes. Like, not that every, like, every owner wants to win. Like, everybody yeah. wants
1: to be there standing there holding the trophy at the end. But at what cost? Like, are you going right. to take it in the, in the wallet because you're going to have to overpay for some of these guys? And the answer for a lot of these organizations, you could just tell by their actions, is no. And no, you're not what? willing to do that. It
2: is not a good look, especially when the sport is as financially healthy as it has been in years. Actually, ever.
0: The Blues are back in action tonight. They take on the Montreal Canadiens over at Scott Trade Center. What should we take away from Mike Yeo's decision to start Carter Hutton tonight? We're going to ask ESPN's Barry Melrose next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. The St. Louis Blues are back in action post-All-Star break activity tonight at Scott Trade Center. They take on the Montreal Canadiens in a 7 o'clock contest. Carter Hutton behind the plate. And the Blues have some hot players. Hutton among them, 4-1-0 with a 1.45 and a 9.52 save percentage in his last five starts. And Braden Chen has four goals and two assists during a four-game point streak, so he's been hot, and the Blues are going to need to pick up where they left off with uh, two wins in a row. Well, I know the biggest talking point, if
1: we get a chance to catch up with Barry Melrose uh, here shortly, uh, this will be one of the first ones, is Carter Hutton, and no surprise that he is in that, at least for me, because you need points. You need to give yourself the best chance to play winning hockey that you possibly can, and Carter Hutton has given it to you uh, night in and night out, but there has got to be at some point, we know that the future is, JK. Allen, right? The contract is Jake Allen. The number one still is next to Jake Allen's name, but Jake Allen ain't playing number one minutes. He's not getting in number one games. What does that narrative look like going forward? Where does that opportunity come from? What does he do when he gets it? Like These are some important questions going down the stretch.
2: There are a lot of different ways to look at this. I know some people have have just seen it as, you know, it's the goaltending, and and we know who these goaltenders are, at least for the most part. They'll figure themselves out. Team really needs to do a better job at uh, putting pucks in the other nets. That's the thing they really have to worry about. But there are so many different angles here, and one of them is if – the Blues believe Jake Allen is their guy. Do you let a month determine for you that oh, maybe we're wrong, especially when that one month happens in consecutive seasons? Do you do you start to question what he can be? Because you know what he did at the end of last year and how magnificent he was. And one of the biggest reasons they got as deep in the playoffs as they even did, they probably didn't have any business getting that far. And he was probably the biggest reason that it, that it went that way. So... At what point do you say, this this is no longer working for us? We're going to try this other dude, even though you're under contract for a little bit longer.
0: I think it's reached that point right now. I think if you asked Mike Yo and Doug Armstrong in a private moment... Who's your goalie they'd say well right now our goalie is carter hutton there's no doubt about that because of the amount that he has started and he should because he's hot and this is it's kind of like the uh a microcosm of what the the vegas golden knights are it's not a novelty anymore he's really good hutton's played well for a long time now and at some point the blues are gonna have to use jake allen but how do you get back in there well you have to play better than the other guy and nobody in the league is playing better than carter hutton is right now. Yeah, it's gonna be tough uh there uh,
1: a lot of times the difference between the starting goalie and the backup is opportunity right the the starter gets it all the time all of a sudden you get all these reps and you are able to you know get better and better at your craft and, and the guy that's backing him up say hey i know my job i i know what uh, what i'm doing here but carter hutton He's got a chance to get paid. He's going to get paid Mm -hmm. after this season. He's battling for for wins. I mean, he's a team guy. I love the fact uh, that there still is, and who knows behind the scenes, but from the outside looking in, him and Jake Allen seem to be buddies. Like they, they just, yep. uh, they get it. They, they're going to compete. Jake Allen, from all accounts, has handled this all incredibly well. Seems like Mike Yo is doing a very good job of still staying on top of this from uh, just a conversation standpoint. Because I know this very well. When you are the, uh, the on the outside looking in. It's a very lonely place when you don't get any conversation, right? Where it's just like, Mm -hmm. hey, we're going to work you in at some point. Or, hey, you know, hey, you get your opportunity coming up. If none of that's happening, I'm mentally going to get in my own dome a little bit more. Now, hopefully Jake Allen's a bit stronger upstairs than I was, (laughs) but that would get me a little bit. Uh, So I think Mike Go has still done a good job about this. And I think he's done a great job of just sticking with... Carter Hutton like that is not an easy decision it's like it looks easy but it's not when you know that you have your number one sitting there
0: you were what they call a situational specialist yeah if the
1: situation was a touchdown up or down that was the situation (laughs) you were were in the game yeah Yeah, Tony said I was his touchdown
2: guy (laughs) is there such thing as a situational specialist as a goaltender uh, only when yeah. you're getting blowed out. Yes, that's it. That's it. Yeah, that's, just, it. that's when you come Give in. Up four goals in ten yeah. shots. Get the situation back to back game. Somebody else has to play. But here, here's my before you before you go on, Randy. Here's my concern with this. Carter Hutton is 32, and he just turned in. I thought he was this, 40. Oh my gosh. You are just. Age Thompson was thirty-two. You are just the worst. Thirty-two years old. Oh, okay, thirty-two years old. Randy he's thirty-two. In your years sweater old. game on point. Very good. <laughs> Which is not ancient by any means. It's not, but he's been in the league now for this is his sixth season in the league. He's just now going back to last year playing this way. I I don't know if and Jake Allen is younger. Do we play this one dude, assuming that this is who he is now, that that this is the guy that Carter Hutton is the man, and we haven't played Jake Allen for like two months, and then when Hutton starts to slide, if he does, and this is a hypothetical, oh, well, we better go back to Allen who hasn't played in like six weeks, mm-hmm. or like started three games, I think it's what, he started three games in a month, do we just go back to that guy as we, we've let him collect dust on the bench, is this what we do? That's my concern no, with the situation. But, but I think that the
1: answer is the in-between. The answer is being able to still get a guy enough reps and still keeping him mentally good enough uh, and, and saying the right things. And that's where the whole head coach comes in. Yes, there's so many X's and O's that you have to go over, and you got to make sure everybody's on, on the same page. But you got to deal with people. You have to manage people. You have to ma- manage emotions. You have to manage uh, situations. And that's what you get paid the big bucks right. for. Because you can't do that. You can't just have a guy sitting there collecting dust the entire time. That's a tremendous athlete, and they can be a number one, and we saw it in the, the postseason last year. He can be great. You, you can't just let him sit there. you got to figure out ways to work him in. You've still got to figure out ways to collect two points every
0: night. And you do have a couple of road games Thursday and Saturday. You might sneak Jake into one of those. Next week, you've got a back-to-back with Col- Colorado here, and you go to Winnipeg. Then the week after that, you have a three-game week. So you're going to have opportunities uh, where you're going to be able to, to get Jake Allen in and keep him sharp. They understand. The Blues understand that they can't just sit him and let him collect cobwebs because at some point you are going to need him. Just like when he went down last year and you had to have Hutton available, same thing's going to happen. Not one single goalie in the history of the league has been able to play a 70 game schedule and not have a slump. Everybody runs into a slump now. And I
1: would think that Jake Allen understands wh- whenever this next opportunity comes, it comes on the road, it comes at home, comes in a week, comes in two weeks, whenever it is, if he tears it up and he looks outstanding and whatever, he goes out and pitches a shutout. I got to believe that he would get another opportunity because what they want to do is build his confidence mm-hmm. right back up. So if he could just be as great as he was early on, not that they're they're looking for an excuse uh, to send uh, send Hutton back, but if you play well, not when I say send him back, I mean just to make the him be the backup. Yeah. Uh, if uh, if you play well, you'll get more playing time. Like You're not going to be handed anything back right now while the Blues are sitting here
2: fighting for a playoff spot. And this is a really difficult balance, too, that the team has to perform because – if you're a starting goaltender in the NHL, you got to have some mental toughness. But at the same time, while they're trying to build that up, especially if they believe he is their future, which I don't know that they do anymore, um, you also can't lose games in the process. And I don't know if it's a good or bad thing to put him in the position next time he starts. And I think I think BT is right. If he has a great game next time out, I give him the very next game after that, uh, unless it's like a back-to-back and you, you, know, you don't want to start him two days in a row. Um, But I think the problem is if you throw him back out there, you're basically telling him, hey, you better have a good one tonight. Yeah. And if you don't have a good one tonight, which I know, it's the NHL. it's, It's professional sports. So there's a lot of that anyway in the sport where you have to be great and you know that. But you also kind of have to handle the guy right. And I don't. I really don't know what the right way to handle this is.
0: Meanwhile, the Canadians are 10 points out of a playoff spot. We said this last week against Arizona. This is a game the Blues should win. Shea Weber is out for them. And uh, they're missing a couple of other key guys because of injury. So that hurts them. They're, they're missing Andrew Shaw, who Blues fans know well. Alice Hemsky is also out. And the Blues are going to go with... his name was Alice? A-L-E-S, Alice Hemsky. yeah. Hmm. He named after a girl. right? Uh, Carl Gunnarsson will be sitting for the Blues along with Thorbs and Sonny. Zach Sanford's still out. And Max Pacioretty is a name that has come up in trade rumors for the Canadians. Blues are looking for a scoring winger. Max Pacioretty has been a scoring winger. So if you're going to the game tonight or watching on FS Midwest, keep an eye on number 67 for the Canadians. All right. And that's a thing to look forward to. Just spinning it forward to the second half here
1: is... Play well enough to get in a position where management wants to give you a piece, like give mm-hmm. you something else. Like this will get you over the hump because I, I think that they want to have some sort of an action. action. They want to bring somebody in, uh, but if you get off to a really slow start and you find yourself sliding, there might not be a reason to do so. I'm looking forward to the power play dance tonight. By the way, uh, real quick, a, and you know my thoughts on the power play yeah. dance. I, I just think it's I think it's terrible uh, overall, but it's. But uh, I, I would like it if it were working. They're twenty fifth in the league. Let's mix it. let plug it in ago. a different game. Let's plug gotta, it in a different way. We're plugging in forward. Plugging into the side. Yeah. Why straight up all the time? Let's plug it in some different way.
2: Let's mix it up. Maybe oh, just unplug it all together. Oh, do, 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 My shoulder do, 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 hurts from, oh,
1: yeah, yeah. Here we go. Yeah, I don't know. It's just not working. I think I, I
0: think I would just unplug it all. Maybe it'll work it's now. Just, oh, and by the it's way, it is also our new uh, co-workers, The point night at the Blues game. Is it? Yeah
1: good for them yeah so they're gonna so, have their people there so is that official like is that going no, down well
0: i think the government has to make it happen but the, nothing right. is regulated anymore so it's going to happen is
1: it okay to officially say it, like <laughs> i like what they
0: do over there yeah it is i think they're really good
2: yeah <laughs> hey well, <laughs> i wouldn't turn them on right now <laughs> <laughs> nothing is regulated anymore i caught that right.
0: <laughs> it's the fast lane on 101 esp we do just whatever got whatever you want yeah, yeah we, we got no st- stood up by barry melrose and made a segment out of it anyway sorry so about world? it mm-hmm. It happens. We like Barry Melrose. He must have had something serious You know happening. what we did? We kept our stick on the ice and we were good to go. You bet, Jay. Next up in the fast lane, no more Chief Wahoo. Good. Moving on. i got to get a hat. Uh, so what are the chances that Dan Snyder changes the Redskins name? That's next in your Hot Topics of the Day on 101 ESPN. Later on, we want to hear from you today, the 18-year anniversary of Super Bowl 34. What was your favorite memory of that Super Bowl week or weekend or the game itself? If you have something that you remember, if you were down there or maybe uh, if you were here in St. Louis, something great happened and you have a strong memory of it, leave us a voicemail with the mic drop feature on the 101 Sports app. It sounds magnificent, by the way. Or just leave us a voicemail on the Google Voicemail line if you have an Android or a landline. That's 314-656-6101. Three one four six five six six one zero one. What was that second thing you said? 656-6101. That's a high quality. That's not, not, <laughs> not quite that. as high as uh, the landline. Well, but yeah, it's something that it's a landline. It doesn't drop out. It's attached to your wall. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Who's going to attach their phone to their it's, wall? It, it's actually a reliable telephone. Okay.
1: Uh, I've got Chris an iPhone. Chris Long, Chris Long could have used the landline with us. He definitely last could
2: week. have used the landline. Yeah. Oh, did he? Was he? in. Yeah, uh, he was in the submarine. Great. It
0: happens every once in a while. All right, Yeah. Guess
1: landlines work.
0: Yeah, they do. How do you text on a landline? You do not. Hmm. Yeah, but if you have a landline at your de- like I have one at my desk that I could use in here. Uh, no, at the uh, in in the fast lane office. Yeah, is that that thing that rings and it's annoying as yes. can be? Yeah, no, and it yeah. doesn't yeah. ring that often though. No. I was like, oh, Randy here, yeah. and here's a 20 minute conversation. Yeah. Anyways, go on, Randy. Blues in action tonight. They take on the Montreal Canadiens seven o'clock over at Scott Trade Center, and the Blues will have Carter Hutton between the pipes. Carey Price. Let's see if the price is right for the Canadians. The price is wrong, Randy. <laughs> is the price right for the Blues? They're going to trade for him, right? Like, after uh, yeah, t- this don't... is
2: the showcase game.
0: I do not see that We're happening, Montreal comes in I and just they don't think like, so. This is this guy,
2: Carey Price. Do you want him? I just feel like logistics-wise, t- that's the way to make trades. Like,
1: oh, he's here. So yeah, let's, let's do take him. Him. Yeah, Send him over to the I other one. pay room. for his
2: flight back that we, we've already paid exactly. for. Exactly. I'll tell you what. Uh, we will save some money here. Here's one of our goaltenders. We're going to take yours.
0: Yeah. Hey, what did you guys think of the Brewer signing Matt Albers to a two-year, $5 million deal? He's a nice piece to a bullpen, I think. Dude, Matt Albers is, uh, he's been
1: doing it for a long time. And if you just looked at Matt Albers, you'd be like, Mom, I don't want that guy. Mm-hmm. Matt Albers can pitch. He put it up put it up good numbers. It's a nice addition. Uh, I, uh, I like Matt Albers, and uh, I, I don't like hearing all these names that I think the Cardinals could use going elsewhere.
2: I no, agree with that. That's been a problem for a while. But, but Albers is one of those guys, too. He's a perfect illustration of, of relievers, that you're not really sure what you have in one of them, and then they emerge as something, because I remember seeing him with the White Sox early on, and I think he had a good first couple of months, and then he kind of stunk for a while, and he has rebounded nicely here the last
0: couple of seasons. So... That's a, that's a good pickup for them. In addition to the Brewers signing Albers to a two-year, $5 million deal, David Hernandez gets a two-year, $5 million deal from the Reds. I guess he didn't get any other offers. Well, that's uh,
1: that's pretty good if that's your only offer. Yeah, you get to make a good. little cheese, so good for him. I, I don't think that this will be a signing that will keep anybody in the Central up overnight, but good for David Hernandez, another opportunity mm-hmm. to go out there and uh, – not necessarily win some games with Cincinnati, but uh, maybe make some more money in two
2: years. Yeah. Well, you get to be on a ball club. Yeah, which is true. You that would travel. be travel. Nice. not bad. You get the spread.
0: <laughs> hey, just in case the All-Star game goes extra innings, a runner would be put on second base at the start of the 11th and each additional inning, according to the latest pace of game proposal by Major League Baseball, the experiment would be used in the 10th inning of spring training games, according to that January 9th proposal. That would be, of course, a... Uh, Unless the managers decided that they didn't have enough pitchers and ended the game after nine.
1: Oh, good. Uh, Has that ever happened? Yeah.
0: Oh, can't believe it. I bet there was another guy in charge at that time. And
1: then this time it matters. Like, oh yeah, that's when things. Change. So that fixed everything. You guys know I'm a bit of a traditionalist. Yeah, I don't like change too much. I'm fine with this. I'm totally fine. Especially yeah, me like too. the spring training. Who cares? We're gonna bang All-star, it anyhow. So if right. you want to put somebody at second base and see how one of my young guys works under
2: pressure, that that would be actually a benefit. So I'm fine with that. Mm -hmm. And I'm progressive when it comes to uh, trying to figure out pace of play, at least make sure there's more action. But that idea of instituting that during regular season, I don't think it's necessary. I don't think it affects enough games to matter.
0: Football Los Angeles Rams offensive coordinator Matt LaFleur, who came from Atlanta but didn't call plays. Obviously, Sean McVay was calling the plays. Well, LaFleur has moved on to Tennessee to be their offensive coordinator, and he's going to be allowed to Call plays, and so Sean McVay said, "Hey, if you're going to get the opportunity to call plays, I'm not going to stop you. Go ahead." I guess that's nice, and it shouldn't really
1: affect the Rams at all, right? They already uh, yeah. just boost uh, boosted up a couple of guys and said, "You guys, are yeah, they, they the OCs uh, now. promoted
0: out Aaron Cromer. That's not going to help them too much, but uh, McVay is still going to be calling the plays, and he's essentially their offensive coordinator anyway. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Aaron Cromer, former OC of the Chicago Bears, correct? Uh, I don't think he was offensive oh, coordinator, just offensive line coach.
2: Yeah, he was. Oh, I mean, yeah, he was one of the. I gotta go back and look, but he was on the staff. I don't think he was the OC though, unless he yeah. was interim for He's a while. He's
0: been an, a bad offensive coordinator in the past, <laughs> <laughs> so everything should be just fine over there. Yeah, yeah, so they're I, gonna be great. I think
1: that uh, Mariota does need a little little help, so somebody that could point him in the right direction would be nice. Mariota, he Marioto. was the OC for
0: two years. You're right, um, thirteen and fourteen. Hey, this morning, Dan uh, Roger Goodell, the commissioner of the National Football League, who is a uh, a noted scoundrel, he was asked about the chance that Dan Snyder would change the Redskins' name after Chief Wahoo was eliminated by the Cleveland Indians. Goodell said, "I don't see him changing that perspective." He seems to be pretty dug in on this one. Yeah, uh, so
1: he, he's gonna hey, hang with that got a, for a song. While. Well, the uh, mm-hmm. and Randy, I know you you sing the heck out of that thing. You got some he does good a lot of singing vibes. in general. Randy's a great singer, a crooner, mm-hmm. if you will.
2: Thank you really good. Um he's uh, adequate. If you got enough money you can dig in on things.
1: Mm-hmm. That's fine.
2: Mm-hmm. On just about everything until they force you to sell your well, franchise like Donald Sterling. The, but you well that's what you can't do. You can't be a like a harasser.
0: And Brad that's is that's is about the only mentioned thing. earlier in the office how Would they be? Would they be able to uh, change Randy? Get him to change that name anyway. Hello to you also.
1: I uh, I I don't know. I do know this uh, with with the uh, Chief Wahoo one. I wasn't here for yesterday. Uh, I think I've told you guys. I love like I just like it's so iconic to me. And I like grew up uh, kind of an Indians fan a little bit. I had family out there, so I had the hat. Mm -hmm. I love the the movie Major League, so I'm in. But I won't lose any sleep over it. But I might get myself a hat just so I have one. I have a memory in my office because I like it. But if, uh, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. If it's making everybody's feelings hurt, that's fine. Or if we're making people how upset it, how about could it, possibly it? don't say upset how. Our like that's I don't not understand. Okay. Don't understand. Don't um, understand. We could
2: possibly irritate anybody else or upset well, like them. It's so I'm odd how that thing, that racist logo, could hurt anybody's feelings.
1: Like I said, I'm not losing sleep over it. No, I, I won't
0: gone. either. I but care. I'm still going to celebrate if they go on a long winning streak. You guys are still going to get your texts. Oh, of course. Yeah. So I appreciate those. those too. Yeah. Thank you. You're more than welcome to have them. I don't Ron's, get half of those. Ron's never said My cell service isn't very good, so I don't get half yeah. of them, thankfully. Yeah. Uh those are your hot topics of the day here in the Fast Lane on one oh one ESPN. Guess what's coming up next? The full No. What? Barry. Barry Melrose. Knew oh, it. Better late than never. Bang. He's next in the Fast Lane on one oh one ESPN.